Today on the show, I'm happy to have Matt Swally. He's the co-founder of OmniKey. They're an AI-driven ad tech platform. And we were just telling me about the defining moment in your career of jumping into corporate strategy. There were three key defining moments that helped build the skills to success in the startup. And one was like the very early days of my career was I led sales teams and my early days were doing direct cold calling, which now we're in advertising. So flip the script and advertising drives customers to you. But before it used to be all 100% outbound, phone calls, emails, and just that initial base of making 50 cold calls a day, putting 10 business cards in your pocket, going to meetings, and then hitting every business around there. I had this territory that was so big from the north side of Chicago all the way to like the South Bend, Indiana. I, I cold called every single business and I fell flat on my face so many times. And it was a miserable beginning, but you learn how to interact so much better, how to ask the right questions, how to, one of the biggest things in life is follow up and follow through. I always go with this. And that's what you learn in sales is if you don't follow up on things, you're never going to close any sales and you have to continue to ask questions. Questions are way more powerful than trying to talk. So when you're talking to someone, you're screening for information, whatever you can gather at every interaction. But that baseline of learning how to sell was a complete catalyst for joining AT&T. So my next role, I went from a family-owned and operated small business to AT&T, where I spent 13 years doing all kinds of different roles. I did 15 different roles, moved all around the country, led sales teams and sales organizations. And there's one critical thing that kind of made me get really interested in corporate strategy. I was leading teams and I got promoted into a role that was an extremely challenging one. This was a revolving door segment where they had really ambitious goals and a customer base that wasn't growing and a bunch of open a bunch of open positions on the team. So you had all these challenges with huge billing issues. And it was one of the most challenging times of my life, trying to figure out how to succeed in this with a limited team and getting applied constant pressure that was so bad that you were like, how am I going to accomplish this? And what you learn is two things, Chad, I wanted to mention is, in those situations in life, when you have these really challenging times, try to stay true to yourself and treat people still in the way that you know is right with the circumstances. Like sometimes when you have extreme pressure, you start to act differently. Pressure is great at, to a certain extent, but if you start acting and changing the whole way that you operate and then passing that on down, I don't ever want to do that again. But what I learned in that was that lesson. And the second one was you have to continue learning different skills. And when all decisions are made financially. I made a pact at, during this time to, to work on several different skills. For, first, I started public speaking. Thank you for having me on the show. But I joined Toastmasters at that time. That gave me a baseline for public speaking. I went back and got my MBA and was working on all these different things with the goal to get into corporate strategy because all decisions are made financially. I got into corporate strategy, which was an absolutely amazing job. For those that don't have experience in corporate strategy, it's getting a flavor of consulting and looking at huge, big picture, five-year outlook. What are the next waves of growth of the company? And that was another obstacle that was one of the hardest times at the early days of that. Because if you go from leading sales teams and moving into a brand new environment, fresh out of your MBA, um, strategic thinkers think so much differently. They're looking at huge data sets, financial outlook, and they're telling stories that are very concise for executives. And I remember a lot of those days in the early days, I was like, 
all these people know so much. How are they doing this? I would get in the office at 5 a.m. and work from 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. to prepare for each day just so I could hang with them. And then by the end of it, I was getting a, a fairly good grasp on it. And one of the exciting parts about it was you were spending weeks or months on projects and diving really deep into the next technology. Where should we go? And that's where I got in really big into AI and startups. And I met Hikari Senju, the CEO and founder of OmniKey, who was solving this huge business problem of generating content with AI backed by data. And I joined the team and then all those skills from learning how to sell and falling on your face a hundred times and learning how to interact and treat people and then learning how to tell stories from data is so impactful at a startup. Nothing's ever easy though. That's another thing that I like to mention is every, you hear this, but whenever you look at people you think are extremely successful, that outlook might not be the whole picture. Like they've been through so much and they have to persevere and just keep going. So how do you persevere and keep going? A number of ways is I make an effort to never get too high and too low. In any situation, good or bad, it's crazy. Your hardest days, the best thing could come from it as long as you continue like work doing the things you know to build success. The second one is continually working on skills that will increase your overall knowledge in a certain place or a place you have a weakness. Like for example, learning financial analysis and going back and learning how to public speak, all these skills compound and you just start to focus really time block well to succeed at your job, but then also learn how you can do other things at your job that will help bring up the team. So building the team at OmniKey, did you play a large role in putting the people together for this? Yeah, I'll say Hikari and some of the others have played Hikari's the biggest role. He's a phenomenal leader. I've been so excited to be part of his team. And I have, yeah, we brought on some great leaders that I've got the opportunity to find and work with across the entire company. And we look for a couple of different characteristics. Like it, you're looking for clearly people interested in AI and data from certain organizations, but we really care about passion. We look a lot for like work ethic and curiosity, intellectual curiosity are some of the biggest traits we look for. And then to match the culture, because this is the fastest moving industry ever. It's a complete race right now to succeed. And jumping back to your developing your sales skills, how long did it take you to really feel like, all right, I have a stride. I have a good understanding of how to do these direct sales and outreach and close clients. Oh, so that first job. It took me three to six months before I was making steady progress, but two different things that really helped me was one, just make yourself do it every day, get uncomfortable and anything that you're bad at, get uncomfortable. And the second is take notes on every discussion and then follow up and use your, like whatever your tools are, your customer relationship management, we use it in advertising, we use it for everything. Everything has to go in there. And then Chad, when you follow up with someone, if I follow up with you in three months and I've talk to you and I un uncovered some great information and we've released a new product that fits your need now, you can go quickly reiterate the reason why you're calling and, it'll, and then it's a much easier sale as the more information you get over the period of time with the customers. But three to six months and then I flipped it. At the beginning, I was in the Sandler sales training where you're supposed to ask questions 80% of the time and talk 20% of the time. And you get really good at that where all you're doing is asking questions and sales just move a lot faster.
you still do that, you think, and in your practices today? That's an interesting change in the environment too of sales from the early 2010s to now is we're doing a lot more on Zoom now. So it's more transactional. So like you have a 30 minute call enterprise, you have a lot of calls, but you have a 30 minute call. You'll spend 15 minutes on discovery, 15 minutes on sharing what Omniki can do and then a follow up. So I try to do that as much as possible. Sometimes when you're running eight meetings a day versus back in the day, you'd have four meetings a day that were all an hour long. Now it's potentially eight meetings with 30 minutes. You have to figure out how to continually like move things through the funnel and share what the customer is looking for, especially when advertising drives someone to you. A lot of times they have an expectation on what they want to see. But yeah, a majority, half the call at least is spent on asking questions that will help tailor whatever solution you're providing. Is it as effective as the old practices when you had the time to really do it the way you wanted? Yeah, it's just a different type of effectiveness because it opens the door for meetings all over the country or all over the world. So you have this huge landscape where you can sell to with back in the day, you could sell in a smaller geography because you were going to people's offices and meeting in person all the time. So it's very similar in that case. And then digital advertising, I do believe has to be the base of everyone's growth now, even B2B sales at the enterprise, because you can learn from the market so much better when hundreds of thousands or millions of businesses or, or customers are seeing what you're selling and then they come to you and then you can start to figure out what's my close rate. Why aren't they closing? <laughs> Is this the right product messaging? Should we evolve the product? Back in the day, you would meet with customers and get feedback much slower. So Omni comes in with AI, right? And they, and you're analyzing and targeting really specific demographics or customers based on whatever the business you need to serve. So we have a couple of major value props. So first there are, we pull in data and analytics from all the major platforms. So Meta, Google, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, Pinterest, and programmatic. So huge total addressable market. We pull in data. We look at why people are clicking and buying. You can use this tool called computer vision that will automatically tag the ads. It will actually tell you what's in the ads. It's part of this generative AI evolution. And with that plus performance data, you can start to pull out in first party data, even like within CRM, you can start to pull out insights for each specific audience. Why are they clicking? How much are they clicking? How much are they buying? And then you pull insights and use those as inputs to generative AI. And there's four different places where content's changing. Advertising back in the broadcast days was you have one ad that reached millions, the narrow cast was a little bit more focused. And then now today, personalization is you have different audiences, you have different geographies with localization, you have different products and services, and then you have different platforms. People's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. They're going from Google to threads, wherever it is, they're like they're everywhere. So customers have to follow their customers to where they are. That's what Omniki does. We generate content for all those different places that your customers may be. So if somebody wanted to learn more about Omniki or get in touch, how could they do so? You can go to www.omniki.com and you can schedule a demo. And if you want to put where you heard about it, failing to success podcast. And then you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn at Matt Swally or email me at matt at omniki.com. Well, thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.